0: I think it's really important if you want to help someone to ask them, can I help? Could I help? If so, how do you think that I could help you be okay?
1: with attempt survivors now we are talking about suicide this may not be a good fit for everyone please take that into account before you listen but i do hope you listen because there is so much to learn we are reaching more people in more places places like belgium lithuania trinidad and tobago pakistan so thank you thank you to all of our listeners and thank you to our attempt survivors for being bold enough and brave enough to come here and share your stories. These stories matter, they really matter, and no doubt are making a difference. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to share your story, I'd love to talk. You can email us at hello at suicidenoted.com. Today I am talking with Brittany. Brittany lives in Kentucky and she is a suicide attempt survivor. Hi, Brittany. How you I... doing?
0: Oh, hey, I'm doing all right.
1: Yeah, so this is a podcast, right? So people can't see you, but Brittany's got on these pretty rad yellow frames that are that are really cool. Where? What part of Kentucky are you in?
0: You wouldn't know if I told you. Um, it's Northeast Kentucky. Carter County um, is where I am. Elliott County is where I'm from. They're uh, we're almost in West Virginia. It's very northeast mm-hmm. Kentucky. Um,
1: it looks nice from what I can see.
0: Well, thank you. This is um, very nice. The little, the place where where I am, where I've been staying a couple of days or so now. Uh, mm. And the land here is is there's I haven't traveled much ever, but there's hardly anything else like it in the world. I think. Mm.
1: As we talk, are there certain things? Obviously it's called suicide noted for a reason, right? I'm talking to people who have attempted to take their lives and and are there certain things about that that I shouldn't ask about or you wouldn't want to talk about?
0: I didn't know what you would want to hear about um you're the interviewer, you know. I uh Right. Just, you can ask away. Um I wrote in and and have confided, I guess. And you stranger so much as I have so far, uh, because I'm ready to, to talk about it. Um, if I wasn't, it would be too late already kind of. <laughs> so
1: yeah. Um,
0: at this point, I figure I might as well. And like I said, maybe I'll have my Joe dirt moment. Maybe people here and come from all over America and want to like give me hugs and other places. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for um, sure. For sure. Let's talk about that email. That was, a hell of an email. So it was sent to me. It wasn't sent on blast to the world. But I wanna let people know you reached out to me, right? Yep. And you don't need to reveal what you wrote, but you wrote. Are you comfortable sharing what not that's sort of the general energy of that email? You had reached out to me, you had heard one of the podcast episodes, I think a recent one with Maddie. Yes.
0: Yeah, right? so- Maddie in North Dakota
1: Maddie in North Dakota, right, and it's going to be Brittany in Kentucky. but can you share what was going on when you with you when you heard that podcast and sort of before and after because I think it's really powerful, and people might get a lot out of it
0: absolutely um that's what I was excited to to talk to you about honestly was um to say again, thank you because I couldn't say thank you enough times um just for doing what you do and for putting it out there because I discovered it. I'd never heard a podcast before.
1: So you had never heard a podcast about no. anything? Okay, that's interesting. I feel blessed. Go on.
0: Um, right, me too. Um, but I was on Spotify and ugh, this... So I'd been really getting into um, listening to music like I hadn't in a while. I'd been really vibing, you know? And I had a particularly bad day um it had been a bad evening the night before uh just just uh uh I was having a bad time man and trying to vibe with this music and that stopped working and I just felt like I wanted to something different um and I saw podcasts available on Spotify where I was listening to music so I thought I'll try that it's it's like talk radio right and uh I was like looking through Spotify and suicide note. It was one of the first ones that I saw and I almost started in that immediately and was like, no, no, maybe I'll find a better one. So I was like Googling all around and stuff. Um, and I didn't find anything that seemed that sounded or seemed better to me at the time. Um, even though it didn't seem at all like what I was looking for. Cause mm-hmm. again, I'll, like I said, in the email, I was looking for um, something a little more macabre, <laughs> I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. More of a, uh, suicidal inspo. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I was looking to go the other way. Um,
1: You were looking for something that would give you, and I never want to put words in your mouth, but from what you're saying, something that would make it okay.
0: I was very okay with it. I was looking for something that would give me like a push or, Mm. I guess, yeah, that would make it okay. I was looking for some voice to tell me on this strange talk radio platform that I was trying to discover. Um, like, it's okay, go ahead.
1: And those Uh, podcasts might be out there. So it's,
0: well, I hope not. Um,
1: I mean, the podcast world is weird. It's sort of this like wild West and I'm sure there are things out there like that. So I'm glad. And we'll talk more about this if you're open to it, but I'm, I am glad that you didn't find those and that you ended up finding (laughs) this one or at least not those. Right.
0: Right, because um, there are web there are web pages out there that are like, it's okay, buddy. Go ahead. This is how these, these are ways that you might consider, and um, that was a part of the the world wide wild west web that I had already discovered and been exploring. So yeah, this I, I got into podcasting on a strange whim and happened to discover yours like in life-saving time perhaps um,
1: yeah that's what was one of the things that really was eye-opening because it's you you had shared it was you're really in a, in a dark place yeah and this that's- is only a few days ago so how are you feeling right now and i'm not a therapist but i'm just a guy who gives a shit so how are you feeling right now
0: Wow, I don't know if I've ever met one of those before, one of you guys. (laughs) Um, I'm feeling okay. It feels weird, man, but I'm feeling okay, though. (laughs) Um, Like I said, this friend of mine, a rather new friend, actually, and his wife, they they let me crash over here with them for a couple of days or so, um, took me on their boat with them on the lake here in in Carter County it's called Grayson Lake uh big man-made lake I caught a fish for the first time ever
1: nice what what kind of fish
0: um a bass fish I caught a fish yesterday I'm so not a a catching fish person but I guess I am now
1: you are now that's how you become one if that's a thing
0: I put a hook through a, a smaller fish's face and it was it was an experience I've been thinking I might Try to do something a little more primal like that. Hunt a rabbit or something. I don't know what people do out here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You have attempted in the past, yeah? Yeah. Can Can you tell me about those? And I always say to everybody, share what you want. You don't have to share everything. I'm open to hearing whatever you want to share, but I don't want you to feel like you have to share certain parts of that that you feel weird about.
0: Right. No, um... I feel weird about everything (laughs) I have attempted, um, recently, I guess. And that's the most, well, somewhat recently, um, which I wouldn't call an attempt. What happened the other day when I happened to listen into the podcast, heard Maddie in North Dakota. Uh, but that was, it was damn close. I mean, like I was on my way out the door taking a walk, you know, and and pressed play. Um, and my, my path just literally changed I, my, my course changed. So that wasn't quite an attempt, but before that, there was, uh, probably February or March maybe, um, of this year. And there were a couple of times before that, but I was younger. So I guess they, it doesn't seem as real to me to think yeah of those as attempts, even though at, at the time in that space and time, they were earnest attempts. It just now to me seems like, Oh, you were 14, you were seven. You were, you don't know what you were, you didn't know what you were doing. Yeah. Uh, But to have been 25 and, and made that decision and make that attempt. And in that different way that I did in adulthood, that probably seems the most real to me.
1: The one in February.
0: Yes. Yes. I don't know what you're supposed to say. I don't know. I guess you can always, you edit down for time and and other things. Um, Yeah.
1: Right. That's why I tell people share what you want and in as much as you're comfortable share. And then we could go back and say, you know what? No, but usually it's more a little bit just for time. So, um, but yeah, what do you, what do you want to share about it?
0: Like I said, I'm I'm skittish. I'm I'm iffy and loathe to say um, anything about methods. because I've heard, just terrible things about advertising for lack of a better term your True. methodology how that mm-hmm. can be very sensitive but um i attempted uh hanging uh, i'll say that much about it okay i don't know if it worked or if it almost worked i mean it didn't work like as well as i would have liked it to um because i'm here and i'm talking with you today exactly but I know it it was an otherworldly experience and it's otherworldly for me to think about, you know, the coming to the, the waking up moment. What's that like? What was it like, or what's it like thinking back on it? <laughs>
1: Both. But, but, uh, but specifically, you know, I ask everybody this question, you want to die, or maybe you don't want to live. Maybe that's not exactly the same thing. And then, you wake up, you're still alive. Like what's, what's that like?
0: For me, it was terrifying. It's interesting. You made that, that distinction just now in your language. Um, you said, you know, that in that moment you either want to die or maybe perhaps you just don't want to live. And I had just recently come to realize that it was the latter for me. I didn't want, die I knew that for sure because I had wound up in just par for the course for me it seems like uh, you know despite any earnest effort or trying or how well se- things seem to be going just there was a sudden event um, and this was a, a few months prior it was actually like the day after last Christmas where I I realized how much I did not want to die because I was in a position. Um, know, and I had a near death experience of sorts, but fast forward to February. And like I said, I I tried to, to hang my silly self and I woke back up and I didn't know where I was at first or what had happened. I didn't even remember, you know, the act that I just had, had enacted. Um, and that took a while, it feels like. It took a couple of minutes for me to be like, okay, I'm here. Um, this happened. Uh, um, and that didn't happen as a result. And then it was just like, oh, shit. Now I have to deal with everything that I was trying to get out of <laughs> still. Um, right,
1: because nothing's changed. That's the thing, right?
0: Yeah, I don't know about, changed.
1: we'll talk about since then, but right, like four minutes earlier it was before that and now you're here and did somebody find you or what
0: What happened no um no one found me no one would even know if i hadn't if i hadn't told my partner my my partner christopher if, if i hadn't told him and i didn't tell him right away because um, i was i was at home my daughter was not home with me um she was visiting my ex, but we didn't live alone. We, we lived in a shared home with, um, mm-hmm. my in-laws, um, well, uh, effective in-laws, um, my, my partner's sister, her husband and, and her three children, like kind of in and out with their own custody arrangements, you know? Um, but yeah, all those people around and no, nobody, I, I think even still knows, um, that that happened that day.
1: Your partner, no. you told your partner.
0: I told him, yeah.
1: How'd he respond to that?
0: Almost not at all. Um, I mean, there was like an initial, do you want to go to the doctor or should you go to the doctor? Or And I think before that even was just like, are you serious? Um, mm-hmm. Almost like an eye roll reaction. Like just, you know, better than that. That's a permanent solution to a temporary problem, blah, 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 blah.
1: Um, <laughs> right. How would you have wanted him, or maybe we can take him out of the equation for the moment and just say, how do you think people would want others to respond to them when they say, Hey, um, I tried this thing yesterday or earlier today, or I'm really close to trying.
0: I don't know. I think, Maddie from North Dakota had it pretty spot on when she in what she said was just, um, I think if I put myself in the other, um, the other role Mm. of this dynamic, this, this scenario, um, my immediate reaction would just be to say, are you okay? Are you okay now? Um, Mm. Or if you're not okay, can I help? How can I help? Um, if I can't help, who who do you need? What do you need? How, how can I help you get help? And that's not to say, help is such a scary word, man. People have made help a scary word to hear and to say to each other. Because like, you need help, that's an insult um
1: unfortunately we yeah
0: i have just i can't tell you how horribly terribly i have had you need help lobbed at me just in the past three months time
1: right so you're saying like you need help as in that's bad
0: yeah, yeah. you're you bad what's wrong um, with you you need help it's, like it's a
1: yeah wow
0: what's wrong with you that's another one that i i've been asked a lot Um, and I think no matter how you respond to a person that you care about if they're in such a dark place or even if it's just a headspace you know everything else seems fine but then all of a sudden you they enlighten you you gain this new awareness that they're miserable and that they they may not want to live any longer if it's a person you care about, it should go without saying that that is not even on the short list of considerations of things to. What's wrong with you? or I can't deal with you. I, I'm not. I'm not a puzzle to be solved. You're a problem to be dealt with. Nobody is, but actually help. Um, and I think it's really important if you want to help someone to ask them, "Can I help? Could I help? You know, do you think?" So. If so, how do you think that I could help you be okay?
1: Yeah. I have a question and it's like a really hard question because I'm not sure there's really an answer, but we're going to try. Okay. And the question is, I suppose it could, this could apply to any of, of the times in which you attempted. And, and the question is Why? But it's, I, the reason why I think, let me just preface it by saying it's hard because it's, well, one, who the fuck knows? Two, where do you start with that, right? I mean, it could be a book. And this is not just for you. It's for anyone. So I realize that. But however you might want to tackle that, why?
0: No, that's, um, again, what a strange aha moment. Because of all the, like, practical reasons why that apply uniquely to, again, I was at very different life stages. Um, like, I guess I've thought a lot about it because I have like no internal clock or compass. I have no sense of time or direction. Um, I'm autistic. I don't know if I mentioned that I'm on the autism spectrum Mm -hmm. and I didn't find that out until I was like 21. So it's, I've had to really, really, really use my noodle to, um, think about events and their their timing chronologically and, and mm-hmm. surrounding info before this this big deal of an interview i talked to so little people um, <laughs> i was so nervous about this just oh really
1: just, a, just so you know i'm just a dude who had an idea and i'm doing it like it's so i appreciate you feeling like it's a big thing and it is a big thing in that like it matters but you're not talking to like abc or nbc no no you know what no. i mean like i'm just a dude in north carolina i'm like yeah let me um have some real conversations with people who have been in pain and are trying no. to be okay that's it
0: buddy i wouldn't talk to abc or NBC. <laughs> if you weren't just a dude this would not be happening um but it's a big deal for me to talk to just a dude because somehow with my big yellow frames and my bright orange hair and my Little bit different or odd looking and, and sounding and seeming everything, I'm very look overable, <laughs> I guess. But that's the thing with all of these separate little piddly shit factors that that play into each different stage in my life and each different unique answer to why. Um, right away, bam, when you ask that man, the universal generality um, why would you not want to live your life anymore ever? It's because man, nobody wants me to. Nobody's ever actually wanted me to. I know that's not, I mean, you know, you've got to love yourself. You've got to want it for yourself. No, you don't got to, you don't, you do not have to love yourself. And especially through development in, in childhood, I think it's so important. Anybody, with children, has to know has to just be smacked down with the reality right away if they've not been already. That y- you have to teach these new emerging people um, that they are capable of loving and of being loved because without connection, without witnessing that, without experiencing experiencing that from an um, an outside force, one could not know how to love oneself um you fucked yeah and, and I guess that's a uh, uh, in layman's terms that's wise because I was fucked um at every wait point.
1: you were saying yeah no layman's terms works for me I'm a <laughs> um, nobody wanted me to is what yeah that was sort of re- words that really resonated like nobody you know, wanted you to thrive or be okay or live
0: my life anymore just um,
1: what does that mean what do you mean
0: I guess i have I've never been intrinsically useful um or or desirable, even my parents, um especially my parents and from all accounts, um, cause of course, I don't remember like infancy, but that's from all accounts uh, pretty much from before day one, just had no use for me, man, um, until they did um and then it was a very objective disposable expendable type of use um and that's thing. it was use it wasn't desire or care or love or connection so i think without that foundational source of another human the planet earth where we're from or another place on earth where you're wanted and expected to be where if you don't show up someone would wonder why um or miss you. Um that's I've always been lacking that.
1: Do you think that that informs the way you are as a mom now? Because you said you have one child or kids? Yeah. You have a kid.
0: One. She's four. Um four year old daughter? Four year old daughter. Yeah. Um no, absolutely that doesn't. And in- well, yes, absolutely. It could
1: be a positive thing, yeah. Informing that like, yeah.
0: Very much. I'm very um, hyper-vigilant and always have been. Um, Like, man, I I nursed my daughter for two years, um, and I was the first. first, I've never even known, like, I'm not just the first person in my family that went that route with motherhood. um, But I've never known another person who did that was always... And it might seem strange to someone i don't know if you've ever been to kentucky or what your imagination <laughs> conjures up when you think kentucky um,
1: i think there's general and perhaps probably very unfair generalizations about appalachia right parts of west virginia parts of kentucky it might it might seep into other areas but that general region now i don't think they're necessarily fair or accurate but yes there are pictures that are conjured when when we think about that area.
0: Right. It's it's not exactly fair or accurate, but um I don't know. The land's not been very fair to me, so I'm I'm loath to defend the land or the people in it. <laughs> but yeah, like uh like I said, I nursed my daughter for two years and just, I always maintained this ever awareness, this this forethought of just bonding. Time and how I invested it, and and I really, really, really never have n- not appreciated um, the gravity, like I said, of those foundational years, those developmental years, upon which an emerging person establishing their first connections with friends in the world and navigating um, bases their decisions about how they'll try to do that. Um, the first. Connection that we have is to our, our parents and our family. It's a generational kind of an inherited um, knowledge about how we're going to interact with the world. Mm. Um, that's such a bad thing for so many people here. <laughs> There's so many nightmare people just who might have been fine if they had interacted with a, a, some not so nightmare grown up people when they were <laughs> emerging.
1: Right, like You really don't have much of a chance.
0: Right. And um, then it
1: becomes truly generational because how can it not be, right? You've got, you're going to pass it down. It's really hard to break that. It does sound like you're trying to do that somehow because I don't think most people would, I don't know, tell me if I'm wrong, it would even be on their radar. Maybe they wouldn't be aware or maybe they wouldn't have the tool.
0: Correct. And that's, I get, um just like with when it came to You know, having an infant and and choosing the hippie nursing all natural way that you'd get poked fun of around here for. Or I say you'd get, uh, I was, um, especially by relatives so terribly, um, poked fun at. And of course that's just everything and, and, and intimidated. Like, you know, well, how do you know that that's, you can't be sure you can't measure all that. You might hurt her, um. I get poked fun at a lot too, or I have been for um, my efforts in bonding with my daughter. Um, Because I don't tell her, you know, go watch TV. Or sometimes I I I do. I think anybody who says that they don't is lying, unless they don't own a TV. And then they're like, "Go look at a fire for a few minutes while I drink a coffee." But uh, I color pictures with my daughter. I, I watch her cartoons with her. I learn the songs. We play music we play with dolls um and I have to I have to be unashamed in my interacting with her as far as judgment by other grown people because no one ever wanted to connect with me at all and I just never ever ever want my daughter wandering you know any place on our big blue marble thinking I'm alone or no one wants me just because I I always always am going to
1: there must have been a massive amount of conflict. I'm thinking back, not only to these times, but February, and then more recently, because I know from what you're from what you're sharing. And again, always let me know if I'm off here. You've got this bond with your daughter. Yes, probably more than others, but there's maybe other people. But if nothing else, your daughter. And then you were like, "Nah, I think I want to check out." That to me is like the definition of conflict or inner angst or whatever word you want to choose.
0: I don't know. In a weird way. Yes. That, that all ties in and inspires.
1: I'm trying to imagine the conflict that one has you.
0: How would I leave her? No, no, no.
1: It's not like a judgment. It's more like I'm imagining you are so conflicted because you've got this person you love. And there's part of you that's got some other feelings going on about like your own life. That's gotta be really freaking hard is what it's kind of what I'm saying.
0: Absolutely. Um, like I said before, she wasn't with me, um, for this big recent real feeling attempt. Um, mm. and I'd hope that would be needless to say, you know, cause I've doted on about what a caring mother and, and just, sure. I, I wouldn't traumatize my daughter that way or any way ever. In um, risking, you know, her seeing or, or anything. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even begin um, to imagine that or doing anything like that. That was a big part of, I guess, my more specific why, like in that place and time again. Uh, mm-hmm. And also how I was okay with it um, because of this, Arrangement with this um, ex-partner of mine. I don't know, there was a thing in Kentucky or in our jurisdiction or somehow or other where when we, we were married, and we were married for two months. <laughs>
1: there have been shorter marriages.
0: Yeah. We were married for a couple of months, um, and we didn't even marry until she was about a year and a half old. And divorced just a couple of months later, and um, then I began dating my partner, Christopher. Christopher. We had been really good friends for a lot of years, though. We'd known one another for a lot of years, and again, I always struggled with having connections to to my own relatives or family or, or anyone. Um, I only had a couple of friends, and Christopher was one of them, so he knew me and... and knew my daughter he didn't really spend time around her until she was about six months old or so but but always had known her um he was uh, one of two guests at my wedding just friends of mine um and gosh i know what a horrible person (laughs) but um things happen the way that they happen and i'm not ashamed of how they happen but uh the result was a, a 50 50 arrangement uh, Of custody between my ex-husband and I, um, where for a week, um, my daughter would be at home with with me and with Crass. Her and and he knows how I just absolutely mandated um, any friend who did come around would be a friend of the family, would not be a friend of mine or his or ours, but but of the three, I never ever ever would push off mara my daughter or make her feel unwelcomed or unwanted you know if we want to play cards against humanity or have a beer or whatever that can happen after bedtime um i'm not a go play mom so christopher bonded very very strongly with mara too but then once my ex um sort of vindictively requested of a family court that um And it was a whole process beforehand too, almost like a hostage standoff, man. Uh, Mm. Like, you know, agree to these financial terms of splitting up things or else I'm going to ask this and they'll give it to me because of this new legislature in Kentucky that says we assume that's the best thing for a child of divorce. Mm. Um, And I was all stubborn and I was like, you're not that terrible of a person. You're not going to do that. And I'm not signing shit.
1: He did it anyway. (laughs)
0: Um, So then Sunday at 6 p.m., I would have to let her go with him. Just go, man. I'd never even spent like a night away from her. Um, She was over two. She was nearly two and a half. It was about a year after the whole wedding thing. When that started, and I think from that first Sunday evening, You know, the terms were agreed upon. I had to hand her over to him at 6 p.m. And I'd see her again the following Sunday at 6 p.m. And just rinse and repeat. Um, I I think I started grieving
1: Mm.
0: and mourning. Um, Because, again, that connection and that I struggled so badly to um, walk the fine line of not calling all the time or being that. Co-parent, but to keep up my my effort to not let a day go by that my daughter didn't hear my voice saying "Hey, I love you," mm-hmm. and I got there have been points in time when it's been easier or harder, but it has always been like a, a tool of major control and and fostering this dependence um, for my ex and my mother and my ex doesn't really know a lot about the finer, darker points of my dynamic with my mother, of course. I never told him any of that. I couldn't tell him now, um, but her not being with me that week, uh, cause it was during the week that she was with him. Um, and I think that it was like three or five days in or so. And that's, I would lose my mind by that point biweekly. You know, for, for a length of time, as of February, it had been quite a while. Minus whenever X didn't feel like it or what. Because my daughter just had had a medical event in February as well. Um, she actually had, like, a life-threatening dental infection. Um, wow. Yeah. And I... Speculate that that might have had something to do with her teeth not being brushed every other week for a week at a time or so, but mm. neither here nor there. Um, bottom line is, uh, my child, who's just so tiny and and so perfect, was in horrifying pain. Mm. He'd ask me, "Do you want her back early?" Which was always a yes. Um, so Saturday evening. In February, one Saturday evening, she comes home and just says, I'm not feeling well, you know? And me and him had some argument then because I'm like, why isn't she feeling well? Um, have you heard about this coronavirus? This some beer sickness on TV. <laughs> What's happening? But Sunday morning, she wakes up and she was swollen. Like her face was swollen and she was in... Excruciating, agonizing pain. And I took her to the emergency room. They couldn't really do anything for her, you know, because it was a dental event. And I just felt so useless. And for a couple of weeks, it didn't matter whose week it was or not, because she was very um, in need of constant care and in need of constant comfort that no one could give her. Or we would have, I would have gladly taken every bit of her pain and then some, if she could just feel any relief at that time. So I had no sleep for a couple of weeks and spent the whole couple of weeks either crying or trying not to cry Mm. and just dealing with my child being sick and in pain. And The resolution to that was she had this, her two front teeth, um, she had the prettiest little gap between them. Um, But we had to take her to a pediatric dentist and have those extracted. And she had to be awake. Mm. And I had to hold her while they, it was, I still have just horrific um, flashbacks. It's almost triggering to think about, but she was so much better right away. And then she, as soon as she was better though, of course she was off again. And that was when I attempted. Um, Cause as soon as she got better, it was right away again, like, okay, well she doesn't need you anymore or she'd be better off without you. I can afford to buy her a happy meal um, whenever she wants one. and I can drive a car. That's a thing. I can't drive a car. That's greatly complicated rural life. But as of the other day, like the same day I discovered the podcast, um, I'm working on that. On driving? Yeah. But I think it's the same for me as it is for anybody. Life's hard. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it's too hard to live it. Yeah. It's really, really important to be there for somebody if you can. And if you don't have anybody who's there for you to look for them um, (laughs) until, you know, um, because... being a lone wolf is not okay. doesn't work. It doesn't work. It never uh, works. It never works for I don't, long. I think
1: you're right. Even people that are like, oh, I'm a loner. I'm like, I don't think you are.
0: Those people are miserable.
1: Maybe. Or, just, you know, you get, I, I have no idea. There's a lot of people and they've gotten used to it and this and that. I, maybe they're thrilled. They couldn't be happier. But I'm usually thinking, nah, I don't think so. I think for we the most part, just haven't
0: met the maybe. right company.
1: Maybe right. <laughs> yeah, I think life is better with a, someone or others, but yeah. it is hard when those people suck. Then it's better alone.
0: Yeah. No one wants to be
1: around sucky people all the time. Make you feel like shit, right?
0: Right, and that's what it's so much generational. Because I'm, I can feel my sunshine. Oh, there go the dogs. I, I don't think that I'm a sucky person I or I wasn't meant to be. Um, and yet I was destined to be, um,
1: perhaps
0: just, I mean, I've been to the historical society, man. Cause we don't have like movies or a mall or anything in, you know, horse pile Kentucky here.
1: How far um, is the nearest, uh, mall
0: an hour? It's not far. Um, as
1: far as you don't drive.
0: Yes. Um, there's no public transportation. There, there's not um, anything like that either.
1: It is country.
0: And Yeah, it's country-ass country. Uh, like, I worry more – I've hitchhiked a lot in a 26-year lifetime because I've, like, rarely ever left here, even for a short time. Um, so I've hitchhiked – before and I worry more about like wildlife than I do about people, or used to. Um, oh, like
1: snakes or something?
0: Oh no, I kicked a snake just the other day. <laughs>
1: oh, so what <laughs> like, are you worried about?
0: Like deer, like pollen. oh sure, yeah, they can, they can and they will like stand on their feet like a dude, um like a big hairy dude just with hooves. Yeah. Um, did you
1: did you grow up and go to school in that area? So you said you yeah. spent your whole life there? Yeah.
0: Um, and by the way, that's another thing, um, overlookable, I said earlier, despite all my effort to, Mm -hmm. and not even effort to stand out, but just effort to shine. I graduated high school when I was 16. Um, I tutored, um, like three and four years ahead of, of my grade level, you know, my, my intended grade level, um since primary school. Um, And that's another thing too. There were uh, like a couple of other so-called gifted kids that they kind of lumped me and two or three others together. And it almost felt like a social experiment that just went horribly wrong. And looking back now, and especially being a mother now to a daughter myself, I just can't, imagine how many different adults made appalling, abhorrent decision-making decisions when I was school age, like having me in a classroom with, you know, as as a prepubescent girl with like senior and junior guys Mm. um, and and young women too, girls, just that should not be. I entered college at sixteen. I moved into a dorm room that should not have been. That's it. it doesn't matter what your IQ is or how well you math. Um, it, you're, nobody's ready to have twenty-year-old roommates at sixteen.
1: Um, Where did you go to school?
0: Moorhead State.
1: Why do you laugh?
0: <laughs> because, man, it was it was. Um, I don't. I could have been a doctor like twice by now, but I, I didn't obtain a degree or anything i i've been nothing since i was 16 um except for a mother now and a waitress um at times you're a bartender or an it uh, I've, I've done systems repairs and mods for a few years on the side so really yeah
1: <laughs> wow that's a fun world to me you wanted to be a doctor
0: uh, no i said i could have been a doctor oh. that's um i didn't know what i wanted to be i think i just didn't want to be home. <laughs>
1: Yeah,
0: um, I wanted to be high a lot too. That was, I think that's like three out of four of the four or so little gifted kids from the group. Um, I think at least half of us are still out here somewhere, just just wanting to be high.
1: What? Which group?
0: Um, like I said, the little group of of, of children that I um, got to do school with. Um,
1: oh, a lot of a lot of them are are they're using and they're not they can't stop or they don't want to stop.
0: Yeah. Like a, one of us became a lawyer <laughs> and the rest of us are, are holding up. Holding what? Holding up. We're keeping it together.
1: Yeah. Maybe. Yeah.
0: But we keep in touch and, and we all just kind of look back on, on what weirdness. So as far as awareness and advice giving, I guess that's, I could use the platform to say your kid is not gifted enough to be with, in a classroom with other kids who also still are kids in a different life stage.
1: Sure.
0: You know, around, you know, don't, don't blur puberty lines just because a kid is gifted. That's trouble. (laughs) Development is development, regardless of, of intelligence.
1: What else do you want to say? Use the platform. If that's what we want to call this, however you want. Cause I never assume I ask the right questions or the best questions. So.
0: Oh, I'm horrible at answering, though. I know,
1: I know. But hey, you heard Maddie and it just came up and it just happened to work out, this sort of serendipity, if you will. Maybe somebody will hear Brittany. Maybe not, but maybe, right? And you just don't know what space they're in. Maybe they're suffering or contemplating. Maybe they're a mom or a brother to somebody and that's, you know, who knows?
0: I worry a lot about my own kid, too. Because i would mentioned different life stages. Um, at different attempts and I think that the youngest ideating of mine that I know that I've seen written or documented somehow, you know, um, cause I have gotten, gotten help, gotten treatment, um, in the past, but I was grossly mismedicated, uh, um, and in developmental years.
1: Mm, yeah. Formative. And, uh,
0: autism isn't on even the short list of considerations for as far as um, you know, little girls with behavioral problems um, and medical care here, especially mental health care is just lacking. Yeah. A lot anyway. So
1: what was your diagnosis? Or well, let me reframe that. Did you get a diagnosis that you thought was accurate that felt right other than the autism? Cause you said that was a late diagnosis anyway. Right.
0: Yes, very late. Actually, I got mental health treatment when I was really young too, and that's something else that I would caution others about: um, is to, to be hyper vigilant when it comes to mental health treatment for your children, for getting it and maintaining it, and uh, for getting quality, just basic quality assurance of one second opinion that is worth it before you put your child who is developing on a psychotropic medication. Yeah. Um, because as a youngster um, I was um, diagnosed with a schizoaffective disorder
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, that I did not have. I was medicated for a schizoaffective disorder that I did not have. And of course I didn't know that I didn't have it so uh, i didn't know anything i was learning everything um and it was something so harmless that got me into that mental health treatment position um i think it seems harmless that's i was just forming sentences like really learning to talk and i wanted to flourish i suppose <laughs> even as as a a little one i wanted so badly to to have that conversation at the dinner table that everyone else was was having that I wasn't a part of. That I would speak and then kind of like whisper everything back to myself to make sure I got it right, maybe. Um, and that scared the shit out of my parents or mm-hmm. my grandparents more. Um, so they take me to like the one place that you can go here <laughs> to wow. see like the one doctor that there was. And he was like, yeah, she's off her. She's off the rails on a crazy train. Um, take How old were you? three.
1: Oh shit.
0: Right. So again, if I wasn't fucked, um,
1: yeah, I hear what you're saying. What you're saying. Yeah. It makes total sense. It, it is.
0: And no one ever asked to speak to me, you know, like ask yeah. Hey mom, could you step out of the room? And that would have solved a lot of issues. Right. It would be a different Brittany today, probably, if Mr. One Doctor in town had ever said, hey, can I speak to her alone? Right. Uh, Like with a nurse. Um,
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a part of your life that feels tragic. It does.
0: Every part of my life feels tragic. (laughs)
1: But there's also another part and I'm not the person who always has to find the silver lining at all, but it is kind of interesting to me that all that stuff has led in part to you being able to be a great mom. It's kind of cool. It's really kind of cool. Like you could argue that if that some of that stuff didn't happen, I mean, we'll never know. Maybe you wouldn't be as good a mom. Maybe.
0: Yeah. Um, who knows? Who knows? I, know, I know exactly what you're Say I'm so not a silver linings person. Either.
1: I fucking hate it. I can't stand the culture <laughs> we live in where everything's got to have a sort of, no, not everything's okay. Not everybody wants to live. Not everything works out. So and that's how I feel. But it is kind of cool to hear somebody who's gone through so much stuff and say like, because we know a lot of people end up fucking up their kids because they were fucked up, right? Oh, yeah,, so, but you're not it doesn't seem like which is a breaking a chain. It's cool to hear I'll well up. they're
0: not they're not done trying yet, <laughs> okay. but uh, neither am I, apparently yet
1: we're still in this lockdown, right, and I know you know we just connected recently, and you shared with me what that day was like for you or part of it. What do you think it's going to be like moving forward? That, that's, a bullsh- that's a bad question. I'm taking it back. Because <laughs> you don't know, right? You don't know.
0: You mean the state of the world, I'm assuming. No, you- I meant the
1: state of Brittany more than the uh, world.
0: I never know, man. <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 same, same. Do you have people in your life that are supportive, though? Because it sounds like maybe not.
0: No. No. Um, not really. No, the easy answer is just no. <laughs> I still have my partner around, um, who again is is my friend too, one of my only friends. But um I think the longer that we've been together now, like as a couple, that changes things. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that it well, I, I wanna say I don't think that it changed how I feel about him, my friend, the person. Um but it did um, change the way I feel about him just because it's uh, our connection to one another evolved. It changed our connection. And um, it's overwhelmingly clear to me all the time that it changed a lot of the ways that he he feels about me. And um, I think that he's become much less supportive than he was as my friend. Um, But, I think that that's mostly because he's become way more aware since being with me as my partner for this long now of how true it was when I said, you know, I don't have any other friends or um, Mm. where, you know, the hell was, why was I never like, oh, that's my mom calling or that's my dad calling or that's my cousin calling. That's, um, because those people actually people actually don't exist in my life or I don't exist in people's lives, in other people's lives more. So there's a lot of y- you get what you get, or I've got what I've got. And um he knows that he's it. <laughs>
1: you used a word that I've never heard before. I think it was overlookable.
0: Overlookable? I might have said? made it up.
1: No, it's a great word. It's, you have a good vocabulary. Um, yeah. There's definitely a sadness in that, but an honesty for sure. Yeah. Other than your daughter, is there anything that brings you joy?
0: Man, bringing in a bass the other day, that was, that was fun. I like like that. That felt joy, joyous, but, uh, I like to color. (laughs) I like to color (laughs) pictures. I like to draw. My grandfather actually is an artist. Um, He's a rare outsider Appalachian folk artist. He's one of only two, um, wow, that exist. Yeah, Um, and the other is is his best friend and colleague that I've grown all up in that art community with them. Um, She's in the Smithsonian already, and he probably will be soon. Sweet. Um, I've always been very very proud of of my grandfather being an artist coming from from an artist family, even if we're like, you know, hillbilly bludgeoning at blocks of wood artists. That's, it's an art. Um, yeah. It's what bought our food. Um, and I think that's cool. Mm. It's a really cool way to um, make a living. So I like my own art. I play the ukulele, um, whatever I can. Um, that's that's what I find joy in, Whatever, wherever I can find it.
1: And um, you said you're staying with friends right was it friends yeah do you and your partner have a place
0: after the uh the february and so like i mentioned we were staying with you know some some family some relatives of his um we actually experienced um family violence separate any other tragedy because i know right his sister's husband like attacked him in front of me and my daughter and the other kids. He he nearly tore his ear off. Um Whoa. it was crazy, man. And she's like screaming and crying and saying, Stop, you're our friend. Like, you know, I've taught her to everyone's your friend a friend you haven't met yet. That happened. And that was on May first. So I called nine one one, of course, but they showed up and like didn't do anything and I'm like, we have to leave here.
1: Right. Safe. You got to be uh, safe.
0: Well, I'd mentioned before, you know, that I had like a near death experience that day after Christmas. Um, and it was actually the, the sister and husband did a thing that made me uh, feel very unsafe me and my daughter. Um, but I don't think, I, I'm, I'm. I think even though that is a thing that absolutely happened, um, a threat was definitely made. Um, and my partner and like his mother, who's also the sister's mother, they, they showed up cause I got so afraid back then. I, I called, I, I alerted them. They came right away and saw and, and handled. But while it did happen, I think that everyone doubted my perception
1: mm-hmm.
0: based on other things that I've been through, you know, like, yeah that maybe i didn't mean to but exaggerated and it wasn't until you know these 6 months later when this separate thing happens where he was the one the physical threat was made and was acted on um they were like oh wow like you weren't you weren't kidding they probably tried to kill you <laughs> so we left then there mm. and i connected with my dad for the first time ever and he helped us get into a place of our own, um, which hadn't, we hadn't done since, you know, before we moved in with, with, to the shared home with his sister. But within like a month, cause it was very close to, um, my relatives who I, I have known and grown up with my mother and all. And, uh, so within like a month, um, home became an unsafe place to be. So no, since I, I we I guess technically I might still have a place, but mm. I, I just kind of fled from there. Um, July. And so since July, I guess, no, the, the, the most practical answer would be we, I don't um, have a place and I've kind of been rambling.
1: No, that's okay. It's a hard thing to sometimes put words to because it sounds like it's hard, really hard.
0: And, right and that's you know. the thing too like i said earlier you know when i was a youngster like that i, I wanted to be high i want to be clear now in saying like th- these aren't circumstances that led me to be here that are related to anything like that at all when i was talking about that i mean like smoking pot and like things yeah. kids do you know but no like i worked uh, my partner worked we parented my child, our child, um, basically was raising my three nephews. Um, I sew a lot. I was um, tailoring like wedding dresses and prom dresses, and and things were going okay. Um, and then all of a sudden, we didn't have a home anymore, just because of something that we couldn't control. And right. when when that happens, it kind of makes everything else, you know, work your work performance suffers everything when course. you don't know where you're going to sleep. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. You,
1: that, that becomes the number one thing you've got to deal with.
0: When you don't have an address anymore where uh, you can get mail. Um, sure. So it, once it just takes one event or one crazy person making a crazy decision, um, not like a mental health uh, sympathetically crazy, but like, uh, an I hurt people type of crazy. Um, and
1: if your safety net is 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 very thin, yeah, that one event, other people that might happen to and maybe they're a rich stepmother, who knows, right? Like there's a safety net. Yeah. It's a little bigger, it's a little deeper. There's a lot of reasons why that might be, but if you don't have that and then done.
0: And I never had... Um, anything like that. You know, yeah. I, I never even had anybody to call um, until all of a sudden, like I said, just this stranger pretty well resurfaces. And it's, you know, my dad, um, who I n- have known and have known that he's been around, um, but just again, never connected with. Now that I'm an adult and I uh, have interacted somewhat and learned a little more, I think that that's a lot because of my mother or other relatives more than it is me but to a degree probably also me and my own expendability and overlookability um as well it's I don't think he really I I think maybe dad was scared of, of mother and didn't even know how scary actually um until my big mouth let him know and now he just kind of washed his hands of it all I don't know, maybe he's also hiding from mother someplace. Um, I guess wear condoms would be another thing that I would say to an audience. Uh, be safe, be safe. All this could have been preventable. <laughs> but yeah, that's it's been a, a surprisingly peaceful few days um, since, like I said, this friend, a relatively new friend, um, just said, you know, you you can you can crash and figure out what you're gonna do and do your little interview you got going on. <laughs> it, worked
1: out, it worked out. I'm I um, really am I'm glad that it did, and that you shared so openly.
0: Yeah, that's and thank you again. Not even just for having me and for listening to me and uh, dealing with me, because <laughs> how do you deal with a problem like Brittany in Kentucky? But yeah. just doing what you do, man. Uh, hey.
1: We're trying, right? We're trying, and um, I'm happy to do it. And I appreciate you joining me and reaching out the way you did and being so open both then and now. So I really do think people hear this stuff, and we don't know who it is necessarily or when they hear it, but it could really help, and it it probably will. So that's cool.
0: I don't know. I'll probably be the one that, like, loyal listeners tune out from.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm not going to fight you. I don't agree. I don't think that's the case at all. I've been blessed with some really cool guests, including you 100% in that, you know, the thing is that they're just sharing, honestly, that's what people want to hear. Now I'm not going to get into the psychology and try to convince you otherwise. You've got years of of feeling uh, invisible or overlookable, and I don't feel that way, but hey. But you've got you got know, great glasses. I am not overlooking those damn glasses. I'll tell you that, and you. But
0: thank you. You know, you said invisible, and I think overlookable. Even though I made it up the term, I think it's a very distinct term from invisible. In that, man, I'm noticeable.
1: Right, right. I mean,
0: you see me. I'm colorful. Um, I'm so yeah. sunburned right now.
1: Right, it's, you're right. It is different. You're right.
0: But uh, I'm I'm noticeable. I've always been noticeable. I've been like visually just not visually astonishing, but visually, um, attention getting, but I'm, I'm dismissible, I think. And especially, you know, even in times of distress, um, I mean, I, I've stomped my feet. I've shouted at the moon. I've, I've made a scene, um, and been dealt with rather than handled, with any amount of care every time. Um, So no, not I'm in no way invisible. I'm just forgettable and dismissible and overlookable.
1: Not today. Thank you.
0: Not in the last hour and a half. I hope. I think it's so cool that you're a teacher, by the way. That's, that's what I would have liked to do. um,
1: Oh yeah. For sure. You teach in some ways though, right? I mean, by, by nature of being a parent and other things. But I hear you. I hear you.
0: Yeah. Um, and I still would like to. I've been really thinking about going back to school um, or trying to. It's, it's hard to do anything right now with the damn coronavirus happening.
1: You have. Yeah. Yes. And yes. But sometimes with the way things are now, maybe there's more opportunity to learn online or I don't know what exactly how that would look or work. But yeah.
0: truth. I would uh, very much like that. And since I'm still here and still trying, thanks to um, your your notable podcast, which still is the first, the only one that I've heard. It will always
1: be the first podcast you heard.
0: Yeah. And I haven't yeah. listened to any others yet, but uh, I'm going to try some Joe Rogan out, I think. It really hit me today. And I thought about how, you know, this is going to exist now. And as for as long as it does, maybe someday Mara will hear it and um, she'll hear mm-hmm. You know, when interviewed by a stranger for the big wide internet world. um,
1: Random dude in a random show and who knows? Yeah.
0: She's what I was thinking about and what I wanted to talk about. And and I really did always adore her. Um, I hope if anybody hears that I hope too. I hope it would be her. But I've made a couple of new friends recently who I actually Conversation just sort of naturally alluded to something that I was like, oh man, they might actually not think I'm a weirdo. They might like the podcast. So I'll probably let some people know.
1: Thanks again, Brittany. I appreciate it. Thank you uh,
0: again, Sean.
1: Yeah, you're going to be okay. I mean, I know that's a weird question and I can't do anything about it, but I still have to be cognizant that, you know, it's been a weird week for you. So
0: asking is doing something about it, though. That's so you already are, buddy. I don't know how but I think maybe. I think the answer to that is maybe and and if you're wondering what you could do to help then then you you have. You did your little podcast and you didn't do it for me but thanks anyway.
1: I have my reasons but um yeah yeah yeah. And I appreciate your honesty. Maybe is
0: that's got to be okay. Yeah, I'll I'll figure out how and and once I know how once I can answer that question for myself, then I think I'll, I'll be well enough on my way to, okay. Um, mm. but at least for today, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I'm indoors. I'll, if I leave the little fucking homestead here, then, uh, I'll wear a sock on my face or whatever people do now <laughs> when they go out in public. Oh,
1: right, 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 right. Take care of you. Yeah. Love it. Cool. Cool. All right. Thanks again, Brittany. I'm going to run. Be safe, obviously. Okay. Yeah, you too. Have
0: a good day. You too. Take care. Bye.
1: Bye. As always, thanks so much for listening and special thanks to Brittany in Kentucky. If you'd like to follow us, you can check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Suicide Noted. You can also check out our YouTube channel if video is your thing. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to share your story, I'd love to talk. Please email us. Hello at suicidenoted.com. Until we connect again, stay strong. Do the very best you can. I'll talk to you soon.